If you say something that's going to get you canceled, we'll just cut it right out. Am I allowed to cuss? Absolutely. All right, cool. Yeah, I'd be offended if you didn't, actually. That would be weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, uh, I can do it without, you know cussing but it's uh it's not my personality for sure for sure that's good we want you to be yourself on the pittsburgh combat sports podcast <laughs> i would hope so man dude i will say on that note just seeing you for the first time in person you look the part of a fighter dietitian and i th- i honestly think that's important i appreciate right? that man yeah like you're you're jack dude like clearly you're you know how a body should work i you know <laughs> i try um <laughs> no i i feel like especially to to have that trust aspect um you have to be in shape you know there's tons of dietitians and nutritionists who work in hospitals and whatnot and you know they're overweight and i'm like that doesn't really fit the part of a nutritionist or a dietitian or anything Mm -hmm. and i just the way that i am uh, if I'm going to dedicate myself to a craft, I got to 100% go all in. So. That's that's good. I've noticed that about you from the jump, which is cool and probably what works really well with you and Matt Brown. So for people listening who don't know Eddie, he runs Immortal Diet Optimization, but also is good friends with Matt Brown. He's obviously wearing an Immortal Training Center rash guard right now. He was just in Charlotte where Matt Brown got his big win over Court McGee, tied the UFC record for knockout. So if you notice, Eddie's voice is a little hoarse too. That's why he was losing his mind a little bit this past weekend. Yeah, man. I mean, when one of your best friends, someone who, you know, you work with absolutely blows the roof off the building, you're going to play a part in blowing that roof. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was electric. I, you know, other than maybe Brian battle, arguably Mm -hmm. he had the biggest pop hometown crowd for brian he had a unfair advantage on that front for sure right and it's still arguable right matt might have had the biggest pop on that card because when he did that and people kind of already knew you know that's the knockout record that's a big 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 deal right and it doesn't even it doesn't really register with like me matt coleman those guys that you know that is the record like he's been doing this for 15 years but the crowd re- recognized it. They were like, that's okay, huge. yeah, that's a massive, massive deal. And to do it in that way to where, you know, he just set it up with the leg kicks. And then you think another leg kick's coming and he comes over the top with yeah. the right hand. It was it was picture perfect. It man. was nasty, dude. No, so not the first time you've seen Matt knock somebody out in the UFC octagon. Not the second, not the third, not the 12th. The 13th. The 13th, and there's more on the way. Unbelievable. That was one of my favorite things, because I'll be honest, I obviously know Matt a little bit. I love Matt. I've loved every second I've ever been around him or talked to him in any capacity. I think he's the best. But I don't know him that well, and I was thinking, like, is he going to retire after this fight? He's getting up there, right? Like, obviously, that's that's the question. Like, would this be his last one? He shut that down pretty quickly in that post fight speech. Yeah, the the crazy thing about Matt is, yeah, he's forty two, but yeah. he's a late bloomer. It's true. Like the guy is constantly improving. I mean, you know, we trained together back mm-hmm. when I was at Immortal before I moved down to Florida, and uh, the guy came a long way just in the you know three years that I spent training at Immortal. I mean, it was night and day. Uh, so to say 
he could do this as long as his body allows it to. And, you know, not to toot my own horn, but that weight cut was really good too. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it was a super easy process and he was smiling through the whole thing. Like, you know, Matt Brown, he's stoic all the time. Like the guy, unless he's, you know, around his friends and whatnot, he'll crack jokes and, you know, but that week I've never seen him smile so much. And even Dorian and Coleman were like, yeah, he's usually not like this fight week. So it felt good, excuse me, because uh, it let me know, you know, I'm doing my job too. Because yeah. I, don't, I don't always get to be around the fighters during mm-hmm. fight week. Like True. Yeah, I work with a lot of amateur fighters, a lot of, you know, regional pros. And uh, that's the first time that, like, I got to spend the entire fight week with one of my fighters that I work with. Obviously he's my business partner too, sure. but it was beautiful, man, to to like be there for him, see him so happy. And then it, it's funny because he gets out of the cage and he's just back to being stoic. <laughs> <laughs> he enjoyed it for 30 seconds inside the cage. Which, yeah, that man. was such a beautiful quote, by the way. Mm-hmm. The worst part of doing this is knowing in 30 seconds I got to leave. That's that's awesome. And, you know, that's him, man. Yeah. Like, he lives for it. He always says, and I, I feel like we're, we're kind of cut from the same cloth. Like, he wants to die on the mats one day. Mm. Like, he's going to train the rest of his life, even if his body is, you know, giving him hell. And uh, I'm the same way with lifting weights and training martial arts, too, like, I don't plan on ever stopping. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go until the wheels absolutely fall off. And then I'm going to go a little bit more until I run out of gas. <laughs> you know. And, so. and just to be clear, you're not stealing John Danaher's style. You were actually training right before this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, so this is, this is a shirt. It's a kind of looser fitting shirt. I had to take the rash guard off. because <laughs> it, it was stanky. It, oh yeah. Yeah. It was bad. <laughs> so you were at the, at stout in the strip district. Yeah, man. Um, so I I didn't know that they had all those lo- locations, and then uh, you had brought it up. You were like, "Which one are you going to?" I was mm-hmm. like, uh, "What do you?" I mean? didn't know there's more than one. The but. one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I met uh, Lucas, Miguel, and Jesse all down there. So that was cool. That's awesome, man. So those guys work with you too, and that's actually how. I got hooked up with you initially because we were doing that fat factory challenge. And I was like, dude, I might need a professional to help me out with this towards the end, which you did, which I'm glad I get to thank you face to face for, because I wasn't hitting it without you, dude. Absolutely. Zero percent chance. Absolutely. That fight week was beautiful. Yeah. Um, what do we do? It was like 15 pounds. Yeah. Two. I I was two eighteen point something on Saturday and had to weigh in Friday. Two Oh five. Okay. Yeah. So right around 13, 13. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was one of those things where uh, I pretty much had to treat you like a fighter on fight week. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way to do the 13 pounds. Um, and then I'm sure you went back to like weighing probably right around 215 right after. Yeah. You know? I think it came right back like that the <laughs> yeah. next day. Yeah. It's crazy, man. And I even put you through the rehydration protocol, too. You did. So yeah. that was perfect. I felt great. Like that night, I felt fine. At weigh ins, I did not feel super great. I'll be honest. Yeah. And, and I don't cut weight. I'm not used to that it's nothing i ever did before i didn't wrestle in high school or anything so that was all a new process for me which was interesting yeah and you know having a promotion that you guys do like it's good to have someone from the promotion go 
I actually do know what fight week is like for those guys. Yeah. Um, because you can, you can look at guys who, you know, maybe they didn't have a good weight cut and you could go, mm, you know, if it's real bad, you can see it now. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. you may not have been able to kind of pull those things away from, uh, a weight cut and see, okay, maybe this guy's not healthy enough to fight too. Right. So, yeah, it was big. That was a huge reason. There were two primary reasons. One is exactly what you just said. If we as promoters, and I think all people in general, you see this with all fans. When a fighter misses weight, people talk shit all the time. They're like, how could you possibly miss weight? So I wanted to feel it. I wanted to know what that was like. How could you miss weight? Like, how hard actually is this to do? So that that was step one. Step two was we kind of made it an internal company challenge, and I wanted to win the challenge. Right, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> yeah. were like, I'm not losing. Exactly, yeah. Um, and yeah, like, there, there's a lot of reasons why a guy could miss weight, and it's understandable now. Like, yeah. if you're sick, mm-hmm. good luck, man. Yeah, like, there are valid reasons. Yeah. Absolutely. If you're injured... And you can't, like, if you tweak a knee on fight week, good luck because you can't get on the you know, the bike. You can't get on the treadmill. Um, I mean, you could do the sauna and the bath, but in my opinion, those things, they really deplete you too. Right. Like, if you don't do the sauna right with the perfect water cut, it, it, it's going to take away from you. Yeah. And then your knees still hurt, you know? Oh, like, exactly. You're still yeah. going you in there. fight on that. Yeah. Yeah. And so. mentally, I'm sure, too, because as a fighter, you want to be 100% mentally there as well. But if you're going in at a disadvantage, that's got to be in your head the whole time. Like, oh, I had a rough weight cut. I'm not going to be the same. And then that's just plaguing you the whole fight. Yeah. And, you know, the nice thing is um, even if it's not an ideal weight cut, I've got the rehydration down to an absolute science. So I'm 100% confident that every fighter that I work with they're going to go in there at a hundred percent anyway. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's literally not going to matter. Yeah. So, wow. That's huge. Yeah. That, that was surprising to me how good I felt, how fast I felt good, I guess is how I'll put it. Cause I did, I felt pretty shitty. Danny Palm definitely remembers me on the scale. Like I was looking a little skeletal that day and I was, <laughs> my lips were all dry. Like my lips have yeah. never been that dry in my life. I'm like, I did not even know this level of dryness could exist, but did your rehydration and by that night I was having like pizza and chicken and beer and felt great. <laughs> well, that's obviously not what a fighter would, uh, would, would be eating on uh, yeah. the night before a fight, but it was but, two giant containers of liquid IV first for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, there's food like it, it, I always tell the fighters too: if your body is craving something, as long as it's not unhealthy before a fight, Go eat it. Nice. Like uh, if you're craving, you know, Mexican food, just don't let it be spicy because that's going to cause, you know, gastric issues when you're right, trying to right. rehydrate. But go go have the carbs, go have the protein. Your body needs that stuff after a weight cut. Mm. So and then you'll see the guys, they they just they get scared to eat still. And I'm like. You have to. Yeah. Like, you don't have a choice. I need you to go eat. Yeah. I was really amazed by the fight week diet plan. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. The the food I could eat was, I ate well, even while I was cutting weight. And I think that surprised me for sure. Yeah. I mean, you still have to, you know, replenish your body with protein. Obviously, you're low on carbs, but there, 
you still, you can't go into there compromised. Mm -hmm. And if you go a week without eating, you're going to go into there compromised. Yeah. So you, you still need the recovery aspect, even if, you know, it's a little bit less than you'd normally be eating. For sure. What got you into this initially? Because it, there is an element of you fight and compete and you're around fighters and stuff like that. So you know it to a degree, but there's an element that you specifically bring that is a step above. You've done research, you've put time in, you're clearly very educated about this. So where did this, where did that come from? Yeah. So um, when I first went to college, I went to the University of Akron, I was going for athletic training. Um, and just because of, you know, some stuff that was going on with my family, I moved back to Youngstown and, uh, Youngstown state didn't have athletic training. They had mm -hmm. exercise science, but I was like, man, I know a lot about exercise already. Like I could train a baseball player at any time that I want. It's not difficult. Um, and I was like, I want to challenge myself. And I was like, you know what? I don't know anything about nutrition. Mm. And I was like, I'll go for nutrition. I'll, I'll, you know, just take this four years to really delve hardcore into that aspect because the worst that could happen is I come out of it with great knowledge and nutrition for myself. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it just makes my abilities that much better. Yeah. And at the time I was chasing a baseball dream. Okay. Um, which we could go into that later, but I, yeah, it was just essentially a challenge for myself. And then, you know, when I went to Immortal, um, those guys didn't have anyone doing their nutrition. So I just started volunteering. I was nice. like, man, it, I think the first one that I worked with was, uh, was Josh, Josh Pereira. Okay. And yeah, he was just a good buddy of mine and he had lost his first amateur fight. And he hasn't lost since. I was going to say, that's crazy in retrospect that he yeah. lost his first amateur fight. And it's not because of me, but it's because of that gym and everyone that's right. surrounding him and, you know, the effort that he puts yeah. in. I play a very, very small part in my eyes to, to that dude's progress. That He's the hardest worker I've ever seen. Wow. Um, but that's saying something in that room, especially. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no one that goes in there and outworks him. And Wow. Like... To put it in perspective, he's a 125er. I fought at 155. I'm probably 210 pounds right now. When he, when me and him grapple now, like if we were even when you know I first started out at Mortal, that guy can take me down at will, <laughs> and I can't get back up. Like, and I'm literally twice his size now. Yeah, that's so, insane to think of. Yeah. Good I mean, for him, though, man. He, he, There's no one with more potential than that kid. Nice. And th that's saying a lot, especially, you know, in the area that we're in with all the high-level grapplers, all the high-level kickboxers. I just don't see many people getting past Josh. That's huge, dude. Funny enough, Josh was going to make his pro debut for us, and his opponent had a weight cut issue, so it's kind of kind of ironic that the guy josh was facing struggled with his weight cut and missed weight and obviously canceled the fight ultimately yeah the, the only upside to that is me and you were able to talk about it sure. and like I, I, it made us that much closer yeah and like absolutely it made me and lucas and josh and all those guys more close so like yeah there is some good that came out of it for sure and i'm That's sure true. you guys will you know, end up 
you know, linking up with him at some point too. I think so. Yeah, I saw he just signed with LFA, which is huge, man. Good yeah. for good for him. That's a big fight, a big opportunity. He's in a 125 is a thin weight class still. We know we have trouble matching 125ers for sure just because there's not options. There's yeah. only so many guys. And somebody like Josh who had, what, like eight amateur fights? Yeah. He had a pretty lengthy amateur career. For a 125. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At this point, he's fought everybody reasonable in the region at least. Like now you do need to go to that national scope of like flying in an opponent or flying in to be the opponent at mm-hmm. that stage. So the LFA is going to be a good spot for him, I think. I hope he slays it there i don't know who he's fighting but yeah and the problem with 125 is a lot of guys think they can make 125 consistently and mm. they walk around too heavy yep i mean you can only cut so much water being a guy at 125 right some females can get away with a little bit more water but a guy like josh you know he's as big as he can get for that weight class and he, you know he's so dedicated that he'll never miss weight yeah, I can't see that. As yeah. serious as he takes, I just can't imagine. Besides the kind of stuff we talked about earlier where you're super sick or injured yeah. and just can't cut right. Other than that, all things all things good to go, Josh is making weight. And I <laughs> honestly, I think that like he's so dedicated that he'd die on the scale anyway. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a different level right there, dude. Yeah. What what do you tell your fighters because that I mean, you kind of say it as a joke, but that's a real thing too. Like there's a real danger of dying or at least seriously injuring yourself in a weight cut so how do you know when somebody is just being mentally weak and when their body is actually telling them they have to stop i'll put it this way not i don't i hate tooting my own horn but if they follow my instructions they're not missing weight nice and i'm not i'm not gonna have that problem there are times where i've had guys come close to that and i'm like look I'll sit them down a couple weeks before and I'll be like, listen, get it together because you paid me to do this job. And if I have to step in and tell you to get it together, I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not just the nutrition guy. Sometimes I have to play the role of a mental coach too. Sure. Because at the end of the day, you're fighting. Fighting's no joke. You know, if you really want to be a champion, want to be a successful fighter, make a living from it, you have to be dedicated to every aspect of this craft. You can't take any of it not serious, and it has to be 100% all in. I mean, that's the reason why I kind of stopped fighting was because, you know, I'm 31. Mm-hmm. I'm not far removed from my last fight, <laughs> but it's... I, I have to run this business. I you know, have tons of other things going on in my life. I would like to go back to school and actually go to school for business. There's not enough time in the day for that. Sure. But I couldn't, I couldn't just go all out and train because it would have taken away from the business and all the other aspects of my life. I still train, but it's, I would like to train 24 seven, ironically. Um, And I just, there's no way, you know? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. How did you know that, like, Immortal Diet Optimization was where you wanted to hang your hat? Because, like like you said, there is a decision that I think all of us as professionals need to make at some point. You can't be 25% here, 25% here, 25% here. Like, it just, it doesn't work for any of the things then. You got to be all in on something, right? So how'd, how'd you know this was the thing? So 
working a nine to five sucks. I mean, that's a big part of it. But then like on top of that, like I just started jujitsu and Muay Thai so late that it was like, it's kind of got to be a hobby. Mm -hmm. You know, if Mm -hmm. I, if I would have started it, you know, in my teens or whatever, I definitely like, there's no chance that you're pulling me out of a cage. Right. Right. But it's one of those things where, especially in the grappling aspect, you're not going to get to a black belt level overnight. You're not BJ Penn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's going to take you 10 years. And there's guys who have been, you know, they wrestled from age six to age 26. And like, I know I'm never going to be able to compete with them in that aspect. Yep. I mean, standing is a a different deal. You know, like I, I constantly, when I have downtime, I don't even pick up my guitar anymore. I just study Muay Thai. I'm studying (laughs) setups and sweeps and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, the, the grappling, it's just, you have to do it for a long time yes. to get really good at it and especially to get your cardio up with right. it. Right. It's a totally different kind of cardio for sure. Yeah. That's an interesting thing that I always thought of too is stand up versus jujitsu. Like, you're not going to go out in a street fight and land a Kimura on somebody <laughs> if you don't know how to do a Kimura, yeah. but you could knock somebody out. Like, we see dudes with no training knock each other out all the time. Any gorilla out there can ball their hand into a fist and wing a punch. But jujitsu, nothing happens by accident. Like you're not gonna accidentally just go armbar somebody. If right. You never did it. Right. So there's that element of like you literally can't do this without training. Like you I'm sure you see it too. Fighters who get in who think they're just street fighters, like they might actually knock somebody out once in a while. That might work once in a while, but it never works on the ground. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> if you if you really wanna like it was either do the diet thing or try to make a living out of fighting and like it's just not going to happen because the jujitsu aspect of it, I can get good at it, but there's so many guys out there, especially like I was fighting 155. You have to be then you have to be the best in the world Mm -hmm. to make a living fighting at 155. Might be the deepest weight class. I would say across the board, because we're talking males that weigh around 180 and then they cut to 155 like that's your average male it's the biggest sample size i would say a, a lot of the guys in the ufc they're my size still cutting down to 155 like, that is nuts dude you that hear the nuts. rumors of khabib walking around at 200 you're like yes how does that guy make 155 <laughs> like even me as the diet guy i'm like I don't know about that. Yeah, we were talking about Alex Pereira. I remember after his last fight, what was he, 230 or something, down it's to 185? Unbelievable. When you see that as a dietitian, what like, where's your mind go? Do you want to know his secret? Do you want to know what he did? Does it interest you? I mean, I know what he does. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's, there's no secret in it. It's very... All right, the weird thing about uh, doing a wake-up for a fighter... When you get to that last week, none of it's scientific. Mm-hmm. It's all bro science. It's all stuff that you had to pick up from, you know, a different person who went through crazy extreme weight cuts and then take it and make it safe and take the science back from the uh, rehydration aspect. Mm-hmm. And that's the only science that goes into it. But your body's not supposed to cut, you know, 20, 30 pounds in a week. Yeah. No matter what weight class. Right. You could be cutting... Right to make the heavyweight limit and it's still 
you shouldn't be cutting 20 pounds. Yeah. So that's crazy to me that it's worked out so well for him that a, he hasn't missed weight. I don't think, has he ever missed weight even like in kickboxing? Not that I know. Yeah. I don't know of either, but it's crazy when you see guys that do that and then you see the reverse of that, like the Robert Whitaker who was fighting at 170 for a while and eventually went up to 185 and performed better. So like, is that just a case by case basis with your athletes? You need to just figure out where their bodies are optimized. Like, how do you know when a guy's cutting too much? Yeah, so I can kind of take a look at a guy, especially if I met them in person, and it really does help. Mm-hmm. And I could go, like, uh, a good example is uh, Miles Robinson, beast. Um, yeah, absolute <laughs> stud. Yeah, like killer hasn't lost since I've start, started working with him, but it, that's. I mean, he's an animal too. He's like Josh. Yeah. He works extremely hard, and it, not just that, but like he's dedicated to everything else in his life too. He's an amazing father, and uh, he works his nine to five still. So he he awesome. leaves his nine to five, and then he'll either go train at Immortal or he'll go all the way up to Cleveland and train at Strong Style, which is maybe a two the and two and a half best hour gyms drive. in Ohio, right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in no my op- in yeah. my <laughs> opinion. And I am a little bit biased. They are the two best. Um, but I looked at him. When I, I met him, he was 250. Mm. He fights at 170 now. Mm. But everyone was telling me, oh, he's a he's a 185-er. And I looked at him all. I was like, nah, he's 170. That's and crazy. He makes 170 with ease now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, I could kind of take a look at him and go, and that's 170 for sure. Hmm. That's so interesting. It, but it does it does depend on the person. Um, sometimes they'll really surprise me, and I'll be like, oh, you know what? You're already on weight. Like, you could go down a weight class. Mm-hmm. So, I just saw Miles' last fight in Morgantown. What a – I was there. What a performance, man. That, that dude, I and I got to talk to him after, thankfully, a little bit and just let him know. He's such a nice, humble kid, too. Like, everything you said doesn't surprise me at all. Being a good father, being that dedicated, I, I totally see that with him. Yeah, I pretty mean, special. That's another nice thing about the the business is like, I can kind of pick and choose to a certain extent who I want to work with, and I'm not going to work with people who just aren't good people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if I am going to invest my time into working with you, you have to be a good person, mm-hmm. and so like. Chances are, if you ask around and you're like, oh, that, you know, that person has Eddie doing their nutrition, you it's a good dude. Hold on to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. for sure. Like, they, they're a good dude. And I, I just, I don't, I'm at that point in my life too where I don't want to surround myself with bad people. Yeah. So. That's smart. Wise beyond your years. <laughs> uh, you learn a lot from Matt. <laughs> I'm sure. So. I'm sure, man. Being around a guy like that, that's, one of the crazier aspects, did you know him before training at Immortal? Like, how did you meet Matt? What's no, that situation? This is a good story. Nice. Um, so when I was going through my second Tommy John surgery, mm. there's a scar, oh. um, I I was like, Man, baseball's probably over for me. Um, I, you know, it was right before the pandemic. I was just trying to find something to keep my mind busy because when you go through two John Tommy John surgeries in two years, mm. you, you 
you hit a mental fog where you're like, I need to find something to do, man. Yeah. I'm like this is driving me nuts. Cause I, I just go to physical therapy and then That's I sit so around. Brutal. Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, ah, maybe I'll get back into martial arts. So I'm looking for like local gyms and whatnot. And this was when I moved to Columbus and I find this gym and it's fairly new. I was like, Oh, it was just open like a few months ago or whatever. And I was like, I'll stop in. And uh, I stop in. I didn't even, it was a mortal martial arts center right here. I didn't put two and two together. I walked in and I was like, wait a minute. Are those USADA people? <laughs> it's like, who trains here that would be getting tested by USADA? And then Matt walks out and he's got the pee cup in his hand. That's awesome. <laughs> he's like, I would shake your hand, but uh, I gotta go take a pee test. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it, then, like, a couple months go by and whatnot. And, you know, me and him are friendly at that point, but uh, he's talking to someone else and he's like, uh, I got to go work on my house later. And I'm like, man, what do you got to do? And he's like, I just got a bunch of projects that I got to work on and whatnot. I'm like, don't you work like, or don't you live like 10 minutes down the road for me? I was like, I'll come help out. Yeah. And, uh, I just went and helped out and like helping out turned into us lifting together and then us lifting together turned into us picking each other's brains and whatnot and then into the business that's awesome man so, and you yeah. both play guitar and like metal too that had to help right oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah because there was workout sessions when we're in his garage and we're just dripping sweat and both of us look at each other and we just go all right that's enough <laughs> <laughs> like the the lamb of god's blasting on the speaker and whatnot and we're like all right we can't take no more. That's beautiful. Yeah. But that's what you need for somebody like that to help push him. I mean, I'm sure you've been instrumental in his success. I know you're not going to take any part of his success, but I'm sure you helped, man. Like, I'm sure that's a huge part of it. Nah, man, that dude's just a savage. Would have done like, it. Yeah. Like, there's certain people, you know, that are just absolutely destined to do big things with their life. I hope that I'm one of those people and I'm going to work as hard as I can to be one of those people. But Matt, you could take a look at that dude. And yeah. Go, oh, he's an absolute animal. And like, there's nothing that he does in life where he's not an absolute animal and he's not fully invested. He's fully invested in being a great dad. He's fully invested in being the best martial artist he can be. He's fully invested in being a better guitar player and, you know, being as strong as he can. So like, you know, like, it's got nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. If I tell him to do something with his nutrition, he just does it. And then like, he doesn't question it, but that's because he's just, he, he trusts me. And he also trusts that he's going to put in that work. Right. So, which is huge. You calling him an animal. I, all I can think of is Forrest Griffin on the ultimate fighter yelling, yelling at him to unleash the animal. Do you know yeah. that clip? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, you guys got to talk about that, right? I mean, classic. Like, so we we really don't talk fighting all that much. That because honestly we, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have so much in common that like, I'll call him and we'll just shoot the crap for like hours on mm -hmm. end, and it's like we're good friends on top of being business partners. Which Huge. like, yeah, and like we just have so much in common that like there's sometimes where we'll clash because we're like, 
um, oh, I like this band. And he's like, oh, that band sucks, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like friendly uh, clashes, the kind yeah, yeah, you yeah. want with Matt yeah. Brown. I don't think you want an unfriendly clash with Matt Brown. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'll clash with him any day of the week in the weight room. But mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. on the mats, I'm like, man, I don't even like sparring with that dude because crazy. Yeah. It, I mean, there's there's been a couple of people that I've sparred with over the years that like just please take it as easy as possible on me. You know, him and Miles are yeah. like two of the top ones that come to mind. I'm like. Yeah, I hate going rounds with you too, dude. The guy Miles beat is a savage. He's fought for us a few times. We know him pretty well, Tom Kaiser, and I mm -hmm. love that dude. I think he's awesome and going to do great things. But like we were saying, he just ran into a buzzsaw that night with Miles. He was he was different. Miles was on a different level that night. He's got different power, man. I mean, he, anyone he touches, it's the same thing over and over. It's like Alex Pereira. Mm -hmm. He touches you, you just go night night, man, and. It's crazy because you look at Miles and you go, oh, he's a big dude, but, like, I don't see nothing crazy about him. Mm -hmm. But then you see him in the weight room and he's deadlifting 700 pounds. And you're like, yeah. Oh, man, that's why everyone goes night-night <laughs> because his power is just different. Weird power. Yeah. yeah. Which Matt has that, too. Yeah. In yep. terms of, I don't know what, he, what his lifting is like, but for sure his knockout power. I mean, like we were saying, tied the UFC record. He has that touch. Yeah. So to speak. Yep. His is so there, there's different kinds of strength. And like I have the explosive strength and Matt has this tensile strength that like it's really weird when he gets a hold of you. It's unlike anything you've ever felt like him and Coleman specifically. I was going to say I've heard him say that about Coleman. Yeah. When Coleman no. grabs you. It's like, what is happening to me right now? Yeah. But the thing Matt doesn't realize <laughs> is he's the same way. <laughs> Like nice. it's, it's like, it's specifically like being grabbed by an animal, like being grabbed by a gorilla that you're like, oh, there's no getting away from this. Like it's terrifying. Matt takes me down and he'll go, why aren't you getting up? <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's not trying. He's not breathing heavy or nothing. And you're like, Cause I physically can't, no matter what I do, yeah. I could do everything perfectly technical. I could be as explosive as I want. I'm not getting up when you grab me. That's wild. Yeah. That is so wild. And is that just like, is that genetic to a degree? Is that, what do you think it is about Matt that gives him that? It's a combination of yeah. both genetics and the way that he trains. Like, um, some people, they have more slow twitch muscles. Some people have the fast twitch. Um, I've always been a very fast twitch person. Um, if you tell me to go run a mile, it's not going to be very fast. But if you tell me to sprint a hundred yards, even I don't sprint anymore, but I could still do it at a pretty solid pace for someone who's not doing sprints. Right. right. Uh, Matt's the opposite way. You tell him to go run a mile. I'm, he could probably still do it in six minutes or something if he wanted to. I don't and he doesn't even like run that often, mm -hmm. you know? So it's just different people have different genetic abilities, but they also can kind of train away from them if they want. And, you know, I play baseball my whole life, so I train to be explosive. I didn't train cardio because right. the furthest distance that you're running is 360 feet. Sure. 
Like <laughs> you don't, and maybe you'll run on back-to-back plays if you have to chase down a fly ball. But yeah, it's a good it's, point. Yeah, it's very rare that you're going to have to run a mile. Yeah, I always think of it like football players. This always blew my mind, but I don't know. Who's your team? Who's your football team? Do you have a team? I do. I like uh, I like the Dolphins and the Hurricanes, unfortunately. Okay, okay. Yeah. solid. I'll, I'll let that slide. That's fine. That's <laughs> totally fine. I didn't want you to be a Browns fan or a Bengals fan, or so that's what I was going to avoid. But I was going to say, in the Steelers' Super Bowl against the Cardinals, James Harrison, linebacker, got an interception and 101 yards for a touchdown. And, dude, he was so gassed at the end of that run. And I, and I was sitting there. I was either first year in college or senior in high school and, like, in decent shape, was in track and stuff. I'm like, how can he not run 100 yards? Like, he looks like he just died after running 100 yards. But it's exactly what you said. They're trained for three seconds of explosive movement, play resets. Three more seconds of explosive movement, play resets. When he had to run 100 yards, it was like you asked him to run eight miles. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was so unusual for his type of conditioning. Blew my mind. And it's funny because he trains with a buddy of mine, Dalton Ross, though. Oh, yeah, there you go. Nice. Me and him went to YSU together. Um, And Dalton, he's that explosive but also has the cardio to Dude, go Dalton's three rounds every Dalton's fight. Dalton's a freak. <laughs> it's, he's a specimen and a half. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's there's been people who talk online of, like, him possibly being on something, and I'm like, dude, he's looked the same way since I met the dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's never changed. His physique has always been that of like a Paulo Costa. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, it just absolutely shredded can go five rounds. If he wants to can be as explosive as he wants to. He's one of those anomalies. Like it's so insane. If you look at baseball, you see guys like, uh, Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron judge. Yep. Those dudes are anomalies. Mm-hmm. Dalton is that in MMA. Yeah. And I mean, his career obviously is showing it so far. Does he have a fight scheduled? I thought, does he have I, yeah, one? he's yeah. got something coming up. I thought I, I just can't saw remember that. Yeah. what it is. Well, so. it's got to be like a number one contender fight. I mean, he's got nothing left at this point other than the belt, I feel like. But his teammate has the belt, so that's an issue. Yeah, and, I, you know, I don't I don't get into that stuff. Like, yeah, if yeah. you want to fight your teammate, go ahead. Uh, but that's, you know, I personally could never do it. But also, at a big gym like American Top Team with so many good fighters, you kind of know that it might happen at some point. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly on the table. Like you yeah. got to be thinking about that. There's only so many elite 185 pound guys in Bellator, and if you're two yeah. of them, you got to like our paths are going to cross. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, Miguel and Lucas. No matter what the weight class is, they're not fighting each other. Right, they live together. I like, was going to say yeah. it's different. <laughs> they not only train together, they live together. That's yeah. that's a different level. It's the same with like Lucas and Josh Pereira. Yeah. Like they. If Josh ever has to go up to 135, he's not accepting a fight against Lucas because their friendship is super close. But at a gym like American Top Team, you're not going to have as much closeness with your teammates because there's so many. Yeah, Yeah. the mats are flooded with hundreds of dudes. That was one of the craziest experiences. When I worked for Flow Combat, we went on a road trip to American Top Team and just interviewed I don't even know, dude, 20, 30 different people while we were there. And just the scope and the quantity and the quality they have there doesn't even make sense. Like you walk in, it's like, oh, here's 
10 UFC fighters that I see right here in this corner of the gym. Yeah, and they're just, all in the top five. Yeah, yeah, different they're divisions all super and, legit. Yeah, yeah, this guy's got a belt. And then you'd look over in the trophy case, and there's the BMF belt. And yep, like, it's yep. unbelievable the it's amount f- of talent that is in a gym like that. And there's, like, there's a few gyms like that. But honestly, you're going to see something like that happening with Pittsburgh and Columbus and Cleveland here real soon because the wrestling talent that comes out of Ohio and PA is unmatched from anywhere in the country. Yeah. Matter of fact, so when I'm training down in Florida, they're like, Oh, you're from Ohio. You can, you can wrestle. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't wrestle in high school. I didn't wrestle in college. Like those guys wrestled their whole lives. Like, I just learned from Matt, you know, as much as I can. I tried to be a sponge, but, like, you know, there's only so much that I could do to catch up with those guys. For sure. So Yeah, it's like you were saying earlier. These people who have been doing it from 6 to 26, invaluable. That's any yeah. sport, to be fair. Yeah. Like, like, any elite golfer started playing when they were could barely walk. That's yeah. just how it works. Exactly. And, like, yeah, those guys can wrestle, but, like, if we stepped onto a baseball field... I'd strike them all. Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like right. just because that's what I did my whole life. Right. It's not that like I'm not even high level. Like I tried out with a couple of pro teams, but it's nowhere near like the guys who are pitching. Like I topped it out at 93. Those guys are topping out at 105 now. Yeah. Like that's I've insane that, to even nuts. fathom. And they're releasing the ball probably three, four feet closer to the plate than I would because they're you know, six, five. Yeah. I'm only like five, 10. That's a good point. Yeah. So like, I'm not an elite level guy in baseball, but like for them to cross over into that sport, it's just the same as like me trying to get better at wrestling. It's going to take a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. You can't replace those reps, man. That if you've done it your whole life, something about it, especially a young, I think young minds and bodies just learn faster too. Like, you can miss the boat on stuff to a degree. To a degree, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's guys like Matt where, I mean. He's just different. He's the dude, anomaly, like you said. He learns yeah. so fast. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll watch him train a technique for, like, five minutes, and then he's got it down, doesn't have to train it that much anymore. He'll just get the repetitions on the yeah. pads, and he could go into a fight and hit it. That's crazy. That's him. Like you were saying, though, like guitar as well. I'm sure he learns songs faster than most dudes who try to play guitar. Like that's yeah, just how yeah. his brain is. Yeah. Exactly. Like if he went and tried to learn like this intricate thing, he could learn it in 10 minutes. Whereas people who've played longer than him, it'd take them days. Well, that's that's why he's tying UFC records and maybe soon to break them. Right. I, I mean, I, I think so, um, especially after like knowing him for this long. And the guy deserves it, you know, for sure. They they don't put enough respect on his name because he hasn't won a belt. But yeah. what they don't realize is he's been doing this longer than anyone right yeah. now. I mean, it's him and Jim Miller. Jim Miller, yeah, which exactly. You like Legend. to match make. Jim Miller called him out. I think that that would be. Jim Miller said, "I'll go up to one seventy and fight a guy like Matt Brown." Really? Oh, dude, I would love that. Let's fight. do it. With all due respect to Jim Miller, 
he don't want to do that. <laughs> I, he just don't want to, you know. Dude, I love both those guys. That would kill me for who, whoever yeah, yeah. lost. Yeah, but yeah. but it's a great fight, honestly. I would love 100%, to see that. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I think he said that he wanted to get one more in before UFC 300 because Jim Miller of fought on 100 200 300 which yeah. is awesome but then you know so if you're nice. matt to hype that fight up you go i fought on ufc 97 yeah right right that is a crazy thing with jim miller's career and not he's been saying that for years man that he yep. wanted 100 so kudos to him the, his longevity is nuts matt i mean they're unparalleled in that regard it's it yeah. doesn't make sense honestly and like matt's had injuries yeah. i don't think jim miller's ever had like a crazy injury yeah he, he i think he was just talking about that actually like he had a weird eye injury like some weird stuff but nothing catastrophic yeah in terms which of like, is yeah insane to think of you're, you've been fighting for you know just as long as matt and nothing that new jersey wilderness yeah. <laughs> builds them different out yeah, there just man. the backwoods of new jersey <laughs> sick family i mean obviously dan and their dad we actually went funny enough another like mma road trip we did when i was working for bleacher report though at the time we went camping with the miller family their dad dan and jim oh that's unreal it was so good one of the best experiences of my life honestly and and especially at that time like a young journalist trying to make a name in that scene like just being around those guys like that it was crazy but their their dad is like six five 250 60 just an ox they're yeah. like he our dad is the strongest guy we've ever met in our lives and meanwhile they're both in the ufc at the time like dude our dad would still kick our ass right now yeah i mean it's when you have that influence like that influence for matt is mark coleman mm-hmm. like yep. uh, coleman the practices that coleman was leading i thought i was gonna pass out every single time because <laughs> here's the thing you go as hard as you possibly can and then he's still yelling and you're like i can't slow down you know what i'm saying like mark coleman mark coleman is instructing me right now and i don't care who you are i don't care if you don't work out if mark coleman's yelling at you you're going yep there's no stopping you so i could only imagine like having that dude as your dad you know what i'm saying like there's no he'll wake you up in the middle of the night <laughs> he probably did he probably stood over his bed and was like hey jimmy let's boy go. get up let's go <laughs> you know so. that's how you get however what's he at like 35 ufc fights or something insane like that something now? astronomical man. how many does matt have i think he's close to 30 yeah maybe? i would imagine that's so nuts when was his debut it was the ultimate fighter finale right like whichever yeah, season it, it was uh season seven okay i believe which is crazy because they're on like 30 or 31 now yeah i mean <laughs> it's it's unparalleled that doesn't even make sense man and it, correct me if i'm wrong but he didn't have much of a combat background really did he he wasn't oh, he, he had like nothing right no. <laughs> he tells the story man you'll have to look up like old stories that he put out on like all kinds of podcasts and whatnot but like some guys just asked him if he wanted to go to a fight and he was like yeah sure and then i guess like the champion of that small organization didn't like their opponent dropped out and they were like "Uh, does anyone want to fight him and matt was like i'll fight the dude (laughs) which is like the most matt thing you've ever heard in your life yeah that's so ridiculous yeah and I guess like that's how he got started and like he wasn't training or anything at the time he beat the dude and then 
you know, he ended up finding a gym locally and uh, that's how, you know, it all started. And I think actually, so nuts. So I think that first gym that he went into was a gym that Dorian Price was mm-hmm. training at. Okay. Dorian's another great friend of mine. I got to spend a lot of time with him and Matt nice. this past week. And Dorian is one of my favorite humans to listen to talk about Muay Thai. I mean, mm. he was sitting there talking with Henry Hooft, and uh, I, I was just a fly on the wall for this that conversation. Would be an awesome conversation, yeah. Yeah, and like he had asked me to like take video of it, so like I have the video of it, and I can go back and look at it, and like just to even be in the presence of greatness that mm-hmm. I, I was in this past week was unbelievable let alone getting to hear conversations like that and like you know be there with a a a weight cut for matt and whatnot and like i'm like look man don't let me get in the way you guys are all you've been doing this for so long like just tell me what i need to do because i don't like i don't want to take away from anything for sure saying yeah it makes a lot of sense it was a blessing man huge it's cool to me that you're working with a guy like Matt, who, as we've established, obviously a UFC legend, all the way down to amateur fighters. And we're working with Lucas, I want to say, did you work with Lucas on his debut? Oh, were yeah. Even yeah. then? Mm-hmm. So the whole way down to debuting amateurs, like that's really interesting spread of clients, I feel like. What made you be like, I need to focus on everybody, not just high-level pros or people I think I'll make money off of, to put it bluntly? Because it's not... It's not about the money. I mean, it is because you it's, know, a it's a business yeah. and I want to get out of my nine to five. I don't mm-hmm. want to ever work a nine to five again. But at the same time, like I just started volunteering at, you know, match gym. I like I wasn't in there to make any money from it. I was just like, these guys don't have anyone. I am pretty good at helping these guys. And I was like, man, someone's got to step up and just be there for them. Mm. And like. It was pretty much Josh, Miles, Lucas that I had just started volunteering to help out. And, like, I worked with them because I also saw the potential that they had in the gym. And I was like, man, you guys would just be so much better if you had that nutrition. Because a crazy part of fighting, well, any athletic performance that uh, people don't realize is if you're 2% under or over hydrated so either way it leads to a 10 percent decrease in athletic capabilities wow yeah they've done studies like just that small amount is enough to make you not perform anywhere near your best Mm. so to be able to help those guys out I know just by the science that it makes this massive difference in how they're able to train how they're able to fight and it's that confidence too of knowing you have someone in your corner that's going to help you out just makes you fight that much more confident makes fight week that much easier and you know I continue to work with the amateurs because I I'd want to see everyone succeed like if I run into a good person who just happens to fight I'm like man I just want to help you out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like, obviously there's a business aspect to it, but like, I almost don't care about that just because I love helping out, you know? 
has that always been the case with you? You just want to help people out. You've always had that kind of bone in you, so to speak, of just wanting to watch other people succeed. Yeah, it comes from baseball. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, so, I, you know, in baseball, it's a complete team sport. So if you have one weak link on the baseball team, the whole team suffers. If someone's negative in the dugout, it's going to bring the whole team down. None of you guys are going to hit. So when I would go out there, I would always be the first person to like pick someone up. If they're, if they're having bad at-bats in a game, I'm like, hey, it's okay. We're going to get the repetitions. You're going to swing yourself out of this slump that you're in. Mm-hmm. Or if they made an error in the outfield, you know, um, I'd be like, it's all right. We're going to go get the bats. We're going to make up for that. Right. It's all going to be okay. And, like, I just love being a good teammate, and I prided myself on that more than even being a good player because I knew that if I was a good teammate, um, it would it would help me get recognized even if I was an average player at best. So that was the goal was just, you know, I'm going into this MMA gym. I want to be a good teammate. So if a guy was, you know, upset at – you know, how they were training that day or, you know, something that's going on in their personal life outside of the gym. I was always the first one to go over to them and just be like, look, man, it's going to be okay. You got a great cast of people supporting you. And mm-hmm. like, we're all here for you. Even if other things are going in your are wrong in your life, you know, you have that backbone of this team that's going to surround you and we're all going to help out. That's huge. I think that's a really interesting layer because on the surface, a fight dietitian is that what you would call yourself fight nutritionist what would you call uh, I'm it? just the nutrition guy man. nutrition guy i like that <laughs> very official yeah. the fight nutrition guy at its core guys want to make weight but with you they're getting that extra benefit of you actually care about all these guys you want them to succeed you don't just want them to make weight you want to go watch them win fights and advance their career and accomplish their goals i think that's a cool layer to it yeah i mean it's it's a family Mm-hmm. to me at this point because I didn't really have a close family like my entire life. So I was blessed with having the best friends you could ever ask for and like some great mentors like uh, Bruce Davis. This is the I have to shout this man out. Um, no one knows who this man is. He's the greatest human on the face of this earth. Not only is he ex-Navy, he went to school after, got his teaching degree, his education degree, took that, went, got his PhD, has a black belt in Taekwondo, a black belt in Jeet Kune Do, then, you know, teaches for his entire life, but then at age 68, he goes back to school because he finds out that all of his friends are going into nursing homes. This has choked me up thinking about this. All his friends are going into nursing homes, and he goes, I'm going to go back to school. Age 68, gets his nursing degree just to go take care of his friends. While he's getting that nursing degree, his wife has brain cancer. So she gets over it. He's... And then it comes back. It, she's got cancer for a second time. Ugh. And obviously he has to stop doing that to take care of her. 
but that just adds to the legend of right. like how great of a human this dude is. And no one knows who he is, yeah. but he was the greatest influence in my life. Like, I, you know, I lost my dad at 15. So when I lost my dad, I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it. I'm 15 years old. There's no one who really knows, you know, what mm -hmm. I'm going through. So he sits me down the one day. He goes, hey, what's going on? So I tell him, and he was just there for me from day one. Like, my mom isn't in the best health, and he offered to help take care of her, like, while I'm living down in Florida. You know, Unbelievable. Like, just the greatest human I will ever come into contact with. Um, it was great catching up with him this week, too. I'll probably go see him again tomorrow just because, like, he's the man. How old is he now? He's 75. And just still getting it. Dude, he's jacked. <laughs> he's Okay, nice. so even even crazier, he's the first one that got me into working out and into martial arts. Okay. He trained with the Gracies. Unbelievable. Like, on top of being in a black belt in two different martial arts, like he's trained jujitsu before. And uh, my senior year, I just wanted to get better at baseball. The guy pulls me into his classroom. He goes, hey, you know, is this really what you want to do? I go, yeah, I don't, I literally don't care about anything else at mm -hmm. this point. I'm like, I'm all in on this. Um, I ended up tearing my elbow in my senior year. Didn't get surgery for eight years after it. Oh yeah. So I was oh playing God. baseball with a torn, torn UCL. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, but he was like, all right, here's what you're going to do. You're going to start working out. And, uh, he went over to his cabinet, pulled out a, uh, set of perfect pushups and uh, I still have them. That's awesome. He, uh, he goes, look, just start with these. You don't need to do anything crazy because if you go crazy with it, you're going to fall out of love with working out. Mm -hmm. But if you start slow, you build up, you just keep going every day. You'll want to do more. Come talk to me when you want to do more. Nice. And it led to me being absolutely obsessed with fitness and to nutrition and everything. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it's all a credit to him. And, uh, I don't think he realizes the impact that he's had on this world. So I just had to shout him out for being the greatest human on earth. People like that deserve shine, man, because a hundred percent, like you said, nobody would know who he was. I mean, in this area and even a little more, this the guy on our Hall of Fame plaque there, th your whole time talking about him, it reminds me of Isaac Greeley a lot. He's that same, the most pure heart you'll ever meet, literally just wants to help people at every turn, will do everything he can to help people. And he's one of those guys that like, seems like he has more than 24 hours in his days. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he does so much and it's like, how are you possibly pulling how this off? How did you accomplish yeah. all this? And you talking about Bruce, just same exact thing. Like, how are you possibly getting your PhD and then going back and having a what? Like, how, how does this work? Dude, I didn't even, like, there's so much that he's done. I didn't even realize, like, I missed out on this whole part. He's an ama amazing artist. Like, I have his artwork at my house because, like, he doesn't stop drawing or painting or anything. Crazy. He's got so much artwork in his house that I'm like, dude, if they put this in a museum, everyone would be like, this is one of the greatest artists I've ever seen. Like, on top of everything else that he's accomplished. Unreal. It's crazy. Well, I'm super glad that you got to shout him out because that dude clearly deserves the shine. Sure. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Good, good place to end it, dude. Legends all over your life. And I'm personally excited to see where you take yours too, man, because you're still new to this. 
it seems like you know you have a good blueprint going on it's really exciting every fighter that we mention obviously we talk to all those guys mm-hmm. they have nothing but good things to say about you i personally have nothing but good things to say about you as somebody you, who's gone through it and more than that like you said just being a good dude just wanting to help people good energy at every turn you were texting me a few times throughout the the weight cut like just motivating me like, yeah yeah you know yeah. what i mean like, and that's another thing man like i so I always make sure that like, if that if I kind of get a glimpse of like them maybe being a little bit tired, I'll just send them something. Yeah, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. Buck them up, little and David Goggins. Yeah, action. who's gonna carry the boat? <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, you're damn right, Eddie. Yeah. You're damn right. I don't need to make weight really, but I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I can't miss it now, dude. And it felt extra good. Danny quit. This guy quit. Ryan quit. Jim quit. Everybody else quit. Damn it, Danny. <laughs> Get it together. I had, I had to. I'm sorry, Danny Paul. I had to call him out while Eddie was in the room. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't want to do it from the get-go. Very true. He <laughs> actually never really agreed, to be fair. Yeah. He, yeah, he was I mean, like, no, you guys are dumb. I'm not doing this. <laughs> you got to have the motivation to do it. Absolutely. It. That's why I like working with fighters. They, they want to do this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to work with the average everyday person because they may not even really want to do it they yeah. may like where they're at but you know people are telling them hey you got to get better you got to want it for yourself yep so. yep that's nailed it dude well anybody looking to get started with you we'll plug this how should they reach out to you um you could go on the website immortal diet you could fill out the questionnaire you could uh go on instagram uh facebook um just immortal diet optimization on either of them uh, you could go to my personal Instagram, Savage Mentality 35. Um, or, you know, if you run into one of the guys that I work with already or the girls that I work with, uh, don't want to forget about them. Um, you know, they'll give you my number and you could get a hold of me. Nice. And I want to be extremely clear for viewers this is not a sponsorship. Nothing was paid for you to say these things. I'm not getting paid to talk good about you, but. It was genuinely a great experience, and we see it all the time. Guys missing weight, guys needing help with their diets and nutrition. I do think you are a legit answer for them. Thank you so much, man, because uh, when I get that feedback you know, from you, anyone that I work with, that's what makes the job worthwhile. So yeah. I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate that, brother. Nice, dude. Well, thanks for coming in, man. We'll run it back very soon. Absolutely. Hell man. yeah. Good shit, dude.